So they never told me that for my first Easter vigil, I was going to have to do ping pong with my head, because I have half of my congregation over here, and half of it over here, and I guess another half of it over here. I'm a priest, I don't have to be good at math, don't worry. So this is going to be awkward. I don't know where to look or who to look to, so I'll probably just look to you for most of it. But I want to tell you about a friend of mine named Rebecca, who, for as long as I have known her, has just been the embodiment of what it is to live with hope. Oftentimes when I am discouraged or when I want an outcome to happen the way I think it should happen, I think of the unwavering faith that Rebecca has in God's providence. And one phrase that I've heard her say so many, many times, that phrase is, it just has to. What do I mean by this? Often when Rebecca faces an obstacle, she clearly sees the difficulty entailed, but then almost as if a switch gets flipped in her head, she remembers that God is her father who wants the best for her. She trusts in God so much that she doesn't see how anything other than his perfect will can happen. And so therefore she confidently proclaims that things are going to work out for the best because it just has to. It may not make much sense, all of the chips are stacked against her, but she confidently, with a smile, just knows it will work out for the best, whatever God desires. And this is the essence of hope. It's that voice or that feeling inside of us telling us, despite all odds, that somehow it just has to work out. We can have a mountain of evidence to the contrary, and we cannot explain why, but something in our heart burns. It burns with this feeling that somehow, against all odds, it just has to work out. This is how Mary Magdalene lived after the crucifixion. She saw Jesus tortured. She was at the foot of the cross and watched him die. And yet on the third day, she is inexplicably drawn to the tomb, the place of confirmation of his death. But somehow she knows it just has to work out. Somehow he has to be alive. He just has to. What a beautiful example of living with hope amidst great sadness. We start this vigil in darkness every year, the way the world was created in darkness in Genesis. The way Moses brought darkness over the land of Egypt for three days. The way darkness covered the land when Christ was crucified. The darkness of being in the grave of sin and of death. And almost immediately, what does the church do? It starts with a single candle. A single candle amidst the darkness. Just as Jesus proclaims himself as the light of the world, the light of a single candle dispels darkness. How comforting it is to be in darkness and to have a single candle standing vigil with us, relieving our fears and bringing us comfort. And just like that, a single candle brings a message of hope and overcoming fear for those who see it. The message of Mary Magdalene to the other apostles first brought the message to not be afraid after the crucifixion. Living in unexplainable hope 
Mary Magdalene goes early on the morning of the third day, even though it meant risking her life. She goes to where she knows the Lord is, even if it is just what is left of him. And there she receives a message from an angel, an angel whose appearance, it says, is like lightning, a messenger of light bringing a message of hope to her and all of humanity. Jesus Christ is not dead, but he is risen. The first words uttered by the lightning angel are the first words the archangel Gabriel uttered to Mary at the Annunciation, the time when he told her she would be the mother of God, and he said to her, Do not be afraid. At the Annunciation, the angel announces that humanity no longer needs to live in fear, for humanity's Savior has come. At the Resurrection, the angel announces through the same words that the one hoped for is indeed who he says he was. And he is not among the dead, but he lives. He has conquered death and has broken the gates of hell and opened heaven. And these are the same recorded words, the first words that Jesus speaks after the resurrection in the Gospel of Matthew, the words he speaks to Mary Magdalene when he meets her on the road. The very first thing he tells her to do is do not be afraid. This is what we should hear from the Lord every time we come to him in prayer, no matter what the situation. This was the great battle cry of Pope St. John Paul II, be not afraid. We are prayed for and commanded to by the church and the Lord himself to be people of courage. And living with courage does not mean that we will not face fear and feel fear at certain times in our life. We are human, therefore fear is a very real existence. Christ himself, during the agony in the garden, felt the fear of the impending crucifixion. But courage, true courage, is doing what must be done, what is right, even though we are filled with fear. Christ walked courageously to the cross, even though he may have been filled with fear in the garden. And we, too, spurned on by Christ's example and his words, after the resurrection, we, too, should live courageously and not be afraid, doing what we need to right now, until that joyful day when, and God willing, sometime soon, when we will all be back in this church, being able to partake of the body and blood of Christ together, living as the body of Christ, the church in full and active participation together, when we no longer fear, but once again we are able to be united. It may not feel very Eastery right now, it may feel like Lent is just continuing because there is no great resolution of sacrifice that Easter often brings at the end of Lent. Because, let's face it, whether you wanted to or not, it seems like this year the entire world participated in Lenten sacrifices. But my friends, this is precisely why we must live in hope. We have a mountain of evidence of how bad things are right now 
just like the apostles did. But we too have to listen to that illogical voice in our heads, that burning desire in our hearts that tells us that it will not always be this way. We must fully rely on God's grace and his goodness to let us know what to do and when to do it. But we must also trust in his divine providence that he has everything under control. This is what we celebrate today, the fact that Jesus has already won. He has conquered sin, and by doing so, conquered death. But as I said, fear is a reality of human existence. So what shall we do in the face of so much fear right now? Maybe you even had something, some situation that filled you with fear before the whole world went into lockdown. It doesn't matter what we are afraid of. The remedy is the same. Trusting in God's mercy, we throw all of our cares upon him, knowing he cares for us. So in those dark moments and in those hard times, in the periods in which we find ourselves filled with fear, Remember the words of the angels, the words of the Pope, the words of our Savior. Do not be afraid. Now, practically speaking, all that is needed to reject fear and make an act of perfect love is one simply needs to turn to the Lord and utter some phrase in the heart, such as, Jesus, through your resurrection, dispel the fear in my heart. But that's a little too long, so maybe something shorter like, Lord, by your power, help me not to be afraid. And even if that's too long, how about simply, Jesus, I trust in you. Because any short prayer that begs the Lord to keep you free from sin and safe from all anxiety has a powerful effect. Little actions like this yield big results. Mary Magdalene didn't know that going to sit outside of a grave would bring her face to face with her Lord and Savior. And we will be surprised in what happens if we are constantly turning to the Lord in prayer, asking to be freed from fear and to be filled with courage in the presence of fear. The greatest saints in all of the church's history lived courageously, after the example of Christ in some of the worst situations imaginable. And the Lord is still interested in raising great saints from among us, from those who are willing to live fearlessly for him. My brothers and sisters, may your hearts be filled with the joy of the resurrection. May you be flooded with grace like you have never experienced before this Easter. Even in your physical separation from the church and her sacraments right now, may your love for the Eucharist only increase and burn in your hearts with hope for that day when we will be able to receive him again. And may you feel spiritually more this Easter than you ever have before. May we see each other very soon because of the resurrection, even before we expect it, just as Mary Magdalene saw Jesus when she didn't expect it. Happy Easter.